Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues, services, and activities of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of Fairfax 50 Plus, we're going to talk with Lisa Callahan and Sarah Matson of the Northern Virginia Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program. Both Lisa and Sarah have master's degree in social work, and they specialize in services for older adults. They're here with us today to discuss what the Ombudsman Program does and also tell us what to look for when visiting loved ones in a nursing home or assisted living facility. And first of all, welcome. Thanks to uh, both of you being here with us on the Fairfax 50 Plus. Thanks Thank for you. Us. Absolutely. We're here at the, the end of the year, uh, the beginning of the new year, so a lot of uh, uh, holiday spirit and stuff going on. But also, I guess it's a, a time maybe that a lot of folks are uh, considering nursing homes or assisted living facilities or other kind of living arrangements as we come to the holidays, end of the year. But before we kind of talk specifics about that, I want to kind of get into the ombudsman program and and really kind of set that up and figure out what that is because I know I've done a few podcasts over the years, Fairfax 50 plus and county uh, conversations, some other stuff where we've talked about the ombudsman program and I still never really seem to have Mm -hmm. a good good handle on what it is. So when we talk about the Northern Virginia long-term care ombudsman program, What is it? What are we talking about? Sure. So we are advocates. The word Mm. ombudsman essentially means advocate. It's a Swedish word. And we advocate for residents in long-term care facilities. And we are a federally mandated program under Title VII of the Older Americans Act. So every state is required to have an ombudsman program. And our specific program, the Northern Virginia program, is a regional program of the Virginia State Ombudsman. So we are housed here in Fairfax County, but we Mm. also cover Loudoun County, the city of Alexandria, and Arlington County. Okay. Now, does that make it difficult or more difficult or easier having multiple jurisdictions to cover? work with? Um, Well, it means we have more facilities, which I guess is more work, but um, it's nice to have a wide, a wide service area Mm. and get to experience different facilities in different counties Mm. and see how different facilities do things differently. And I assume they're all different. I mean, they they all have different little quirks or whatever. And we actually cover 107 facilities and we have around 10,000 beds. Wow. So does that mean 107 facilities and how many beds did you say? 10,000. 10,000. That that That's doesn't a lot of people. Now does that necessarily mean 10,000 people? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that all the the quote unquote beds are full. Pretty much generally. Pretty wow. much some have waiting lists. Wow. So it's a it's a there's a big need a big for need. for long term. And we have seven staff. <laughs> well, just, that doesn't sound two. that doesn't sound too bad. I don't know what I'm not good at math, but you know, ten thousand divided by seven. Hey, that's not not too many. We're pretty busy. <laughs> so okay, so you've got seven staff, ten thousand beds or ten thousand plus people mm-hmm. that are you're trying to serve, over a hundred facilities. What is it that this handful of staff in this program does? I mean you mentioned, Sarah, that you're advocates for mm-hmm. residents in the, in the long-term care facilities. What, what, does that, 
What does that mean? What do you advocate for? What do you do? So our mission is to promote the highest possible quality of care and life for residents. Um, so we do a number of different things, one of them being um, outreach to facilities to educate them about residents' rights and quality of care. We make unannounced site visits to all of our facilities to check in with residents, talk to them about their care, um, to ensure that they're being treated properly, um, helping them in any way that we can. And we do have seven staff, which makes it challenging, but we are fortunate that we also have volunteers that help us out. So I think Lisa will talk about that a little bit later. Mm. Um, but we do visit frequently. We provide education, um, consultation. Facilities are welcome to call us with issues that they might be having. Oh, okay. So, and I'm assuming you're wanting the, the uh, facilities to be more proactive, I guess, if you will, mm -hmm, as absolutely. opposed to having to investigate if there's a problem kind of thing? The other absolutely. Way yeah. yeah, we provide, if residents have concerns, we can offer them information on how to attempt to resolve those concerns mm. inside the facility without bringing a formal complaint about. Um, so that's part of what we okay. do as well. So, so what would be some of the concerns or things that are brought up that the that you'd be involved with in working between the residents and advocating with the residents between the facilities are the common issues? Um, a lot of common ones are definitely food. We hear a lot of complaints about food. Um, more in nursing homes, we hear a lot about issues with response time to call bells. Hmm. People press their call bell and they feel like it All takes right. too long for right. someone to come and assist them. I think those are probably our two That's most most frequent. And, what, and what's the problem with food? They don't like the food or <laughs> there's not enough of it? or <laughs> It's amazing to think about how many people are in a facility and yeah. how do you make everybody happy. Well, that's and true. you, that's you true. can't. Yeah. And I think that from my work, I've seen the people that no matter what food they get, mm -hmm. they won't be happy. Right. But that's okay. What can the facility do to make their experience better. Mm -hmm. Can they bring a recipe from home, something that they mm. used to cook that was passed down in right, their family right, right. and cook it for a meal? Or can they choose the menu mm -hmm. for uh, like once a month for the, di the right, dinner meal right. or something like that? Just sometimes it might be just giving people choices. Right. Mm -hmm. Or part of the, feel like a part of the process. Exactly. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. A big part of residents' rights is preferences and respecting mm -hmm. people's preferences and understanding that each resident is different and has different mm -hmm. likes mm -hmm. and that those should all be respected right. and the facility should attempt to accommodate right. all those different preferences. Well, I think that's an important part you bring up, uh, rights of the residents. Just because they go into a, a nursing home or assisted living facility, doesn't mean that they lose their rights or lose Correct. their dignity mm -hmm. or lose, you know, who they are kind of thing. So when we're talking about what are the rights of a resident in, in these type of facilities, I mean, I'm sure there are, you know, air quote rules or things of the facility that they have to follow, but and then how does that work with the rights of the individual? Sure. Yeah, and you're definitely right that they should not lose any rights when they enter a facility. If anything, they gain rights. Oh, okay. um, so they have all the rights they would have as being in the community, um, also in the facility. So as far as gaining rights, yeah. they have the right to be informed of 
that they have rights and what the rules okay. are and okay. who to go to to if they have a complaint, who they would talk okay. to, okay. what the services are that will be provided to them, and the charges that mm. would occur. They shouldn't be surprised That's by good. a bill that they receive and what is this. Um, they should be part of their care plan mm. and whatever that treatment is going to be. They should they should play a part in that decision right. making. Um, if they're going, if they need to be discharged, or if they, they for whatever reason, mm -hmm. or they need to go to a different facility, maybe they need a higher or a lower level of care. Mm. They need to be told about it, right. talked to, right. okay. be a part of the process, not just have a decision made for them, but they should be a part of that decision making. Oh, what if they're in such a their capacity or whatever, they can't make some of these choices for them. Is that where caregivers are involved as well, family members? And then how does that work with the right of the, the sure. residents? So. Yeah, we do work with a lot of family members. Um, there are a lot of residents in our facilities that have dementia and are no longer really able to make decisions for mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. So in those cases, we generally work with the family members who have power of attorney um, or sometimes guardianship. Um, but we do try to encourage the family member to make decisions that they know the resident would have wanted yeah, them to make yeah. should they, if they still had the capacity to speak right. for themselves. So that's still protecting the, mm -hmm. the resident's rights, right. if you will. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the residents have rights, and we've talked about, you know, the facilities have certain obligations and different things like that. Um, before we get into if there are issues or problems and how to resolve mm -hmm. them, um, if folks are not there yet either themselves personally to be going to a, a nursing home assisted living or a family member is working with someone to to get to that stage are there certain things that should look for questions should be asked uh, are there site visits that should be made i mean what are some of the tips or things that folks should look at before going to nursing home or assisted living facility. Sure. And I'm sure we don't have enough time for all of them. Right, <laughs> right. Um, definitely um, some of the things that they should be looking for, they can figure out just by visiting the facility and using their senses. Um, just going in and looking at other residents. Do the other residents look clean? Does mm -hmm. the facility itself look clean? Are you noticing any odors? Um, that sort of thing. Listening out for sounds. Do you hear call bells constantly going off oh, and people yeah. not attending to them? Or announcements on the overhead speaker blaring? Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you hear residents calling out for help and them being ignored? Mm. Um, going and looking at the food, does it look appetizing? Do right, you think it's right. something your loved one would want to eat? So just using your different senses. Right. We also find that people get better care when they have family and friends visit them. Okay. And maybe it makes people accountable. I'm not right, sure right. what the reason is. But if you have a, a family member that you think may be going into a facility soon, Try to find one that's close to you mm -hmm. or close to a family member or close to friends that would visit that person frequently, if possible. Mm -hmm. The more, the better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's something to be said there. If I'm a, and I'm not trying to be negative or mean toward the, the workers or facilities right. or whatever, but I think it is just common sense in my mind. If I know you've got a relative or two or ten that, that 
come every day or every other day. I'm going right. to make sure that maybe certain things are done right. that, that I might not. If and it probably there. would affect also the resident's quality of life, I'm knowing sure, that sure, family yeah. and friends right. want to come. And as, as, as opposed to just dumping me here and right. leaving me kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, there are times when issues come up, problems, differences, those kind of things. If, if I'm a resident in a nursing home, assisted living, or my you know, loved one is, and there's something that I feel is just not right or I, I feel is, shouldn't be that way, what's my recourse? What should I do? Sure. As a family member of a loved one, the first thing that we would encourage you to do is go directly to the administrator or the executive director of the mm. facility and let them know your concerns. Because, of course, if they don't know the concern, right, they can't right, do anything right. to fix it. Um, if you've done that and the conversation didn't go well or you didn't get the resolution that you're looking for, then the family member or the resident themselves would be welcome to call us and try and get our involvement um, to intervene and try to come up with a resolution. We are resident directed, so we only get involved if the resident wants us to. Oh, okay. um, so sometimes a family member may have a complaint and want our involvement, but the resident will act say, actually, you know, I really don't want to make a fuss. I'd rather you not say anything. Um, and in those cases, we have to respect the resident's preferences since we are resident directed. Um, but if everyone is agreeable, then we can go in and open a formal complaint case um, and kind of do an investigation, talk to staff talk to the resident, find out what the goal is, what we mm -hmm. want to accomplish, and then use our power of negotiation to come up with a resolution. It's, and some people don't want conflict. Right. So they probably don't want to point out a problem or an issue. So that could be kind of a sticky wicket position to be in if it's resident directed and they don't want to make a, a big deal out of it, but it could be a problem or an issue. It is, and we see it happen a lot that residents will tell us about concerns that they have but then not want them addressed. And they'll mm. say, well, I have to live here. That's and there's true. this fear of retaliation that is really common. Yeah. And residents have the right to voice grievances without fear of retaliation. But even though they do have that right, we of course can't guarantee it's not gonna happen right. when we leave the facility. So that's that's why it's really important to only become involved if they want us to. But another way around that would be to ask the resident, how about if I go and talk to some of the other residents and see if they are experiencing this type of issue? Mm -hmm. And then if other people have the same complaint mm -hmm. or issue, I could bring it up with the administrator as as a systemic issue without having to put it without in anonymous. Yeah. mentioning your name. Oh, okay. And then the problem can be addressed and hopefully corrected. Good, yeah. But no one would have to know who initiated mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So That's we true. try to find different ways to approach okay. problems okay. and issues. Good, good way. Good way. I, I want to get back to a point before we run out of time. I, I'm I'm still in my mind, and I wrote this down, 107 facilities, 10,000 plus beds or people, waiting list, and, and seven staff. But you did mention there are volunteers. So, I mean, how many volunteers do you have? What are, what are they doing to help kind of take the load off staff or make sure work is done? What, kind of, what is this volunteer program, I guess, if you will? We have the best volunteers around. <laughs> Our volunteer, we usually have around 50 to 60 volunteers. It just wow. depends on the time of year and mm -hmm. the year. 
Um, the volunteers are assigned to a specific facility mm. or maybe more than one facility. It depends on their preference. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully it'll be close to their home yeah, yeah. so they can pop in and out as their time allows and they won't have to drive in the Northern right, Virginia right. traffic too much. Um, we ask that they spend four hours a week in their facility. They meet the residents, they meet the staff. The basis of our work as, <clears throat> excuse me, as the volunteers work is the relationship. So they build the relationships mm. with staff and with residents and they build that trust and residents talk to them. Mm. So we find that when we have a volunteer in a facility, we don't hear in the office mm -hmm. about the problems because they will nip those problems mm. in the bud when they're small. Right. The volunteer can take care of it when it first starts. Right, so we right. don't get those phone calls. That's nice. And the residents are happy because they know that they've got somebody on site that they can go to right. who will help them with their problems. Well, I'm sure the facilities <coughs> feel it's a, a advantageous situation, too, before it builds and builds and builds. As a rule, I would say that 99.9% .9 of the facilities love having volunteers wow. because they That's see awesome. them as a feather in their cap. Mm -hmm. They can say, I've had an administrator say to me, if a family member doesn't want to talk to me, I say to them, it's fine. You don't have to talk to me, but you can talk to our ombudsman. We have ombudsman here every, well, not every day, but right, every right, week. Right. And please feel free to talk to them. Wow. So cool. it's good for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm assuming that you need more volunteers over we the late hour? We always need okay. more volunteers. <laughs> okay. how, how, how could somebody get more information? And, and you mentioned the four hours a week, and in, in a really quick nutshell, is, is there more th than that, and is there training, that kind of thing? And I know that's a lot that's to ask an, for a nutshell. But. That's an excellent <laughs> question. We have, a, we have two trainings a year. Our, okay. our spring training is coming up in March. Okay. And if someone would like to get more information about it, they can call our intake line at 703-324-5861 or go to our website at www.fairfaxcounty, that's one word, .gov slash L-T-C ombudsman. Okay. All right. 703-324-5861 or fairfaxcounty.gov slash LTC Ombudsman. Correct. Which is long-term care. Yes. yes. The initials, Ombudsman. Okay. Yes. All right. Cool. So training provided, a uh, lot of uh, valuable services that volunteers need, uh, volunteers provide, and there is a need for more volunteers. There is a great yes. need, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, a lot more questions that I have in my mind, and I know some other questions that would be coming up, but unfortunately, we're on our time limit. So just kind of throw it back to back to you. Final thoughts, um, anything about the, the long-term care ombudsman program that we haven't talked about or points you want to make or anything? And Sarah, we'll start with you. Um, sure. Just letting people know that we have an intake line, um, and if they call us during business hours, 8 to 4.30, we call them back that same day. Um, anyone can call us, residents, family members, facility staff, um, to ask questions, get information, get advice, um, and that's the, num the same number that Lisa gave out. Um, but anyone is welcome to call us at any time. Okay. Lisa, final, final thoughts from you. Get the word out about mm -hmm. our program, about 
um, the fact that residents who go into facilities, long-term care, are not alone, that they mm. do have advocates, that they do have people that care, and people that work very hard yeah. to yeah. to meet our mission. Okay, cool. So if you have uh, questions, we'll repeat that number again, 703-324-5861. And the, tele- uh, the uh, website address is www.fairfaxcounty.gov slash ltcombudsman. We've been talking with Lisa Callahan and Sarah Matson of the Northern Virginia Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program and a lot of great information here and a lot more that we unfortunately probably weren't able to cover, but uh, go to that website or call that telephone number. And ladies, thanks for uh, being on Fairfax 50 Plus. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. If you need to get more information on county services and recreation for older adults, go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash olderadults. You can also call 703-324-7948. The TTY number is 711. When you're on fairfaxcounty.gov slash olderadults, you might also want to consider subscribing to the Golden Gazette newspaper as well as the Fairfax 50 Plus e-news. Thanks for listening to Fairfax 50 Plus, produced twice monthly by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.